Hello, and welcome to Mindful You at Naropa, a podcast presented by Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. I'm your host, David Devine, and it's a pleasure to welcome you. Joining the best of Eastern and Western educational traditions, Naropa is the birthplace of the modern mindfulness movement. Today, I'd like to welcome Brigitte Martz to the podcast. She is a distinguished professor here at Naropa teaching in the BA Psych department. I really appreciate you sitting with us. We both hang out in the same community. We also live near each other, and I, I literally adore you dearly. So it's, it's really a personal pleasure on top of the podcast pleasure. So thank you for being here. I am so honored. Thank you, David. Awesome. So would you like to introduce yourself a bit more? Surely. My name's Brigitte Mars, mm-hmm. and I've been working with herbal medicine for like over 50 years. My grandmother, who is French-Canadian, was mm-hmm. an herbalist. And when I was just a really little girl, I said, I want to be able to do that, to help heal sick people and wounded animals. And uh, so it wasn't very long before I started turning all my schoolwork into an opportunity to learn more about plants. So if Ooh. I was, you know, studying French, I would write about herbal medicine during the French Revolution. Or Wow. Um, so I have taught at Naropa for maybe 30 years, uh, since the early 80s. So okay. it might even be longer than that. But it, it's really such a pleasure and honor, the diversity of students. And I teach many different classes in my autumn semester at Naropa. Uh, today was Natural Remedies for Overcoming Addictions. Mm. So when I teach my class, I always like to bring some kind of plant that maybe is growing that they are seeing every day in their walks. And I'll talk about the herb of the day. We'll talk about its Latin name, the meaning of the name. Is it edible or medicinal? I also brought in a tray of sunflower sprouts so they mm. could see a way to do kitchen gardening. And then we spoke about um, some of the root aspects of addiction and how we can use nutrition and getting more alkaline mm. and uh, yoga techniques and what herbs can help. Yeah. And so every week is different, but I, I love the classes I do at Naropa. Monday we're doing medicinal trees. We've done the therapeutic value of culinary herbs the history of herbal medicine. So my intention is Mm. to get the students proficient so that they feel comfortable using natural remedies Mm -hmm. for themselves and for the people that they encounter. And, you know, rather than thinking that this is something way out there that has no scientific basis, natural medicine, herbal medicine, has been used by millions of people for thousands of years. And there's such an opportunity to tie it into various cultures. We do focus a lot on herbs that are growing in our community, but we also talk about herbs that maybe are used in Ayurvedic medicine or Mm -hmm. Asian medicine, South American medicine. So I really love that opportunity. But on the other hand, we're not just trying to get people to just use herbs as a band-aid. We want to look at why are people sick? What could we do to improve our stress level? How can we improve ourselves nutritionally? Mm. So it's, you know, great fun and always an adventure. And this for the final project, the students will write a paper on an ailment of their choice, something that maybe is close to them that they would like to help somebody with or help themselves with. So 
I do a lot of things. Everything I do is with mm-hmm. natural medicine. I yeah. have written 14 books. Oh, wow. And uh, the books have titles like uh, my latest one is called The Natural First Aid Handbook. Mm. And it just came out. And interestingly enough, I wasn't planning it, but there's a whole section in this book on things you can do if you're in a hurricane or an earthquake or a fire or, um, you know, survival techniques, finding water when there is no water. Yeah. And awesome. I mean, avalanche and all that. Mm. And I've written a book called uh, The Desktop Guide to Herbal Medicine. Mm-hmm. Addiction Free Naturally, Healing Herbal Teas, the Country Almanac of Home Remedies. So I have not deviated from my course of being sort of a conduit to help connect people with the plants. Because, you know, I think a lot of people walk through this earth and they think that there's a bunch of weeds growing around. And most of these are plants that have served humanity, have been used for food or medicine. And, and I take the, the dandelion as an example. So mm-hmm. nobody gets out of my classes with thinking that dandelions are something they could spray. They're going to think, wow, I should be making a tea out of dandelions or a salad out of it because yeah. every part of that plant is useful. Yeah. I think out of meeting you, I started putting dandelions in my smoothies. Yay. And the flowers (laughs) are edible. They're high in lutein, which is good for our eyes. So my intention, you know, not only to get my Naropa students to feel comfortable to try natural remedies, but, you know, also to live a more ecological life. We Mm -hmm. talk a lot about landscaping your yard with edible plants rather than using a third of our nation's water supply to grow grass. Yeah to identify the plants around you, Mm -hmm. to respect them. We talk a lot about survival techniques, kitchen gardening. Uh, We also talk a lot about food because I don't want to just band-aid an ailment. Oh, you have a headache? Just take an herb. It's like, why are you getting headaches? Yeah, like what is the root of the ailment that you are experiencing? And, you know, you might think that this is a a subject that you have to study for years and years. And granted, herbal medicine is a subject you can dedicate your entire life to. But this is also something that you can start doing right away. Because Mm. who's going to go through a semester at school and not encounter, if not themselves, their roommate, Mm -hmm. a stomach ache, a headache, um, a cold, a flu, and you have the opportunity to say, you know, instead of taking a pharmaceutical drug, I'm going to try peppermint tea or ginger tea. And then you see that it works. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Naropa has done this really cool thing too, where they've taken really big rocks and painted them. They place them next to herbs that are on the campus and they write what it is. So sage, uh, lemon balm, lavender, rose hips, rosemary. And I always find that really cool. I always walk by the lavender and the lemon balm and I just graze it with my hand and smell my hand and it's such a nice little pick-me-up. And Naropa has wonderful gardens on it. So Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have to go really far to do an herb walk. And one of the early classes we do, we call it herb walk, where we walk around Naropa campus and identify the plants and talk about and taste and smell. So it's very multidimensional. And I love to show them this plant called soapwort. Mm -hmm. So I I grab this little plant with pink flowers and say, who has some water they can donate? And then I get this plant to lather up and say, you could use this to wash your hair or or wash your whole body with. And it's biodegradable and it grows near creeks. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. And you take herb walks for the community as well. So you take out people and show them what is around, how you can forage for herbs and essentials and 
talks Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. And, you know, right now there's so many places on our planet where people are without food or water because of some sort of mm-hmm. natural disaster. And wouldn't it be great if you had learned in school that that plant you thought was a weed is actually wild spinach or wild artichokes? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it could save your life, or if you were lost in the woods, for example. So it's it's fun, it's an adventure, mm-hmm. but it's also very practical because it can save your health, mm-hmm. it can save you money, and it's also good for the planet. So I, you know, one of my models <clears throat> is good for the people, good for the planet. Yeah, and it seems the sort of herb foraging is very localized to where you are, and we are in Boulder. Is there like a specific herb that you see a lot that you really like and use in everything you show it to your class? Is there anything that is one of those ones that you really like to work with? Well, I think all my students learn that nettles is an amazing herb. And you may have experienced nettles. They do sting you. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yes, they sting you. But they're also a profound medicine, very Mm -hmm. high in iron and natural remedy for hay fever and allergies. Mm. Nettles strengthen the kidneys and adrenals. And they even learn that getting stung with nettles can be even therapeutic for things like arthritic hands and fingers. Some students, you know, play guitar or use their hands a lot or get injured in martial arts. And nettles can be an ally to increase circulation to the area and ultimately Mm. reduce inflammation. And I, I think they've heard me say, you know, when in doubt, use nettles, that it's just a good herb for so many things. And I do like to focus on herbs that they're going to see when they graduate, that they're going to know these herbs, whether they live on the East Coast or another continent even. Yeah. So I, I try to make it very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, another class we do that's fun is herbal businesses. So mm. we take a little tour and we walk to a number of herbal businesses that are right in this area. We go to um, places like Pharmaca and Rebecca's Apothecary and the Savory Spice and Kucha and yeah. Tonics. And, you know, I am so delighted because a number of my former Naropa students now have herbal companies, herbal stores, cosmetic companies. Yeah. And some of them, I know that they first created that product mm. in class as an assignment, and now they've got a national company. So I celebrate their success, and it's always a great joy when I go to like a big convention somewhere in another state, yeah. and I see my students flourishing and thriving and having evolved what they were doing in, at Naropa. Yeah, that's so awesome. Very cool. So you said you taught today, right? I did. Uh, what did you teach today? Because you say you had like an herb. You say you focus on an herb usually. Well, today the topic was natural remedies for overcoming addiction. Okay. So we talked about you know, why addiction happens, the root causes of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's uh, people crave substances they're allergic to. It may be that they're very acidic. It may be that they are trying to balance their blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And so for every addiction, we talked about sugar, tobacco, alcohol, caffeine, and what are some of the remedies you could do for it? So for example, there's foods that you could eat that help you to be more alkaline that are going to reduce cravings. There's things that you can use as supplements that are going to help balance your brain chemistry, such as GTF chromium or Mm. glucose tolerance factor chromium, for example, or the importance of getting adequate protein and adequate fats in your diet. We also talked about the importance of journaling because, you know, rather than using something mindlessly, it might be good to make a list in your journal of what are other ways that you can reward yourself 
And so the students came up with all kinds of ideas, like yeah. I could make a long-distance call and check in with my sister, or I could watch a movie, or I could go for a walk, I could work in the garden, I could take an aromatherapy bath. So just to know that there are things we can do that can help us cope with stress or overwhelm or depression mm-hmm. that don't evolve traumatizing our bodies with some unhealthful way. Yeah, yeah. There was something that you said a while back ago to a student. He was talking about how he's on the phone all the time, and he was concerned about the waves that were coming through the phone. And what you suggested to him was put a crystal on your phone. And I thought that was like such a cool idea to like help transmit the the waves that are coming through to our brains that ultimately affect us, you know? Well, they do sell these little things that are supposed to minimize the electromagnetic frequencies. Okay. But I'm hoping that the students gain from their time with me at Naropa life skills that will be with them forever, that will affect the way that they parent or give birth yeah. or um, even carry on to the next generation. Yeah. That's so awesome. Very cool. And you said you brought in a tray of... Sunflower seeds? A tray of sunflower sprouts to show them that what do we do when the weather gets cold and Mm -hmm. we maybe aren't outdoors because there's several feet of snow on the ground, which can happen here in Colorado, that you can grow sprouts in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so sunflower sprouts, you could grow them in a tray of dirt with about a quarter inch of organic potting soil. And one tray of sunflower sprouts can produce constant food for a month. Wow. So... I know a lot of the students are concerned about their food budgets, and a lot of them don't drive. They're riding bikes in the winter and all Mm -hmm. that. So it's like, how can we be empowered? And how can these young people get ideas that are going to carry them in a better way forever? Yeah, longevity. I love it. And that's (laughs) another class I do, Natural Remedies for Longevity. And I Mm. we... um, do these exercises called the Tibetan Five Rites, and we talk about cultures around the world that are known for long life and what are some of the foods and herbs that they use. But I tell them early on, it's not just about herbs. It's about herbs. It's about um, emotional state. It's about food. It's about, you know, having positive things, exercise, yoga. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. So all these things seem very supported at Naropa Mm -hmm. with all the programs that are offered, you know, arts. So even today in addiction, we talked about um, drawing a picture of what an addiction feels like Mm -hmm. and creating ritual to get rid of a habit that you don't want to keep any longer. Yeah. It seems like if you get into the herb world of trying to make yourself better or just feel good, it also is an invitation to involve more of a lifestyle that suits that you know because you're not, not going to be doing the herb thing and st- still want that addiction because you're f- mindfully focusing on something to get rid of it so i have a question for you what kind of herbs help focus people for school for studying for you know because we're in a scholastic environment is there anything that you suggest to the students like this will help you focus study or have this cup of tea because it really puts you in the game or Anything like that? That's a great question, David. Well, one herb that I like a lot and I do suggest to the students is essential oil of rosemary. Mm -hmm. So a little trick that my children did when they were young is if they were studying for a test, I suggested that they smell rosemary essential oil. Or if you had a sprig of rosemary from a garden, you could crush it and smell it. And then when you go take the test, if you would smell rosemary again, 
it would help you to be able to recreate that space you were in when you were filing that information. So that's one thing. And, you know, of course, focus is really important. So if we're in class and we're texting or doodling, we're probably not present. So Mm -hmm. um, I do think a lot of people who have a hard time in school maybe have food allergies and they're attracted to eating the wrong things that are really affecting their ability to focus. So we talk about you know, again, good protein, getting lots of greens, eating all the colors of the rainbow, Mm. uh, eating a wide variety of flavors and not doing things that are detrimental to our consciousness. So I also think that uh, greens are super. They help the brain better utilize oxygen. I I think I say almost in every class, eating greens is a discipline. One meal a day, green leafy vegetables. Yeah. And so, you know, hopefully this is something they're going to remember and hear my voice long after (laughs) I'm gone. So um, also in Asian medicine, the health of our brain has a lot to do with the health of our kidneys. Mm. So I try to encourage them to explore the realm of eating foods that are black in color Mm -hmm. uh, because the black color indicates the presence of minerals. So things like black quinoa, wild rice, black rice, black beans. My favorite is chia seeds, which are high in omega-3 fatty acids. So it's not unusual that I'll, you know, bring something to the class every week to, you know, try this, smell this, try this tincture, smell this essential oil, Mm -hmm. because it can't just be a lecture. It's got to be some kind of experience that you will remember and really become ingrained in your consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So you you talk about eating the colors of the rainbow. And how how does that resonate within the body? Because I know there's some sort of like a color of a food will help a certain organ or yeah, absolutely. Thing in your body. Well, we could look at the reasons that the plants have colors is for a reason, but it usually mm-hmm. also indicates what nutrient is in the plant. So we could look at things that are red and say a lot of red foods maybe have lycopene in them, like tomatoes Mm. and watermelon and guava. Um, We could say a lot of orange things have beta carotene in them. A lot of yellow things might be rich in vitamin C. Green, usually there's chlorophyll. Mm -hmm. And then blue, indigo, and violet might indicate the presence of anthocyanins Mm. um, that are very strengthening for the capillaries and for circulation to the brain, the eyes, the ears. And, you know, it's really easy to get into the, I just eat beige food kind of thing. But if you think about like, wow, I could have like purple cabbage and uh, green kale and Mm -hmm. red beets and black beans, Mm. like, wow. So maybe that's going to affect how they take care of themselves the rest of their life. If they remember that someone said, eat those colors. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the American diet is shamefully uh, beige and um, lacks color. So if they can get that, that's going to help. Yeah. Here's here's a fun question. So when when you're seeing like a bag of carrots, there can be purple, there can be white, there can be orange, there can be yellow. Do they all help the same organ or do the different colored carrots kind of go different places to help? Well, you know, that is a really good question. And I, I, I'm not sure about that, but I know carrots were hybridized to become orange and yeah, that actually yeah. increased their nutritional value. Hmm. But I will say that I'm always going to suggest that they go for the most colorful. Yeah. So rather than buying the white beets, go for the red beets okay. rather than going for the, the pale iceberg lettuce, like let's mm-hmm. go for the kale. So it's yeah. it really just means a, a wide variety of color, mm. and I wouldn't be surprised if we learned that well the purple carrots have anthocyanins in them too. Yeah, 
That's very cool. It's it's really interesting to think the color of the food is actually pointing us in the direction of how it could heal us. Absolutely. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about essential oils. I'm kind of curious, like, what do you know about them? It seems like another world that you might have dove into since you do the herbs, and then there's like a distilling process to get the oils. So one of the classes we do is on aromatherapy, mm-hmm. and aromatherapy is the use of essential oils of plants. And you know, as we're sitting here doing this interview, you see I have a plethora of essential oils, yeah. uh, cardamom, and feel free to smell any yeah. of them that you like. Um, they're they're wonderful, and so I. I get them to understand that essential oils are very potent, that even just smelling them can be a helpful tool. So for example, you're spending a lot of time at your desk uh, rather than thinking, oh, I need more chocolate or I need more coffee. You could just smell some essential oil and our nasal cavities are in such close proximity to our brains Mm -hmm. that it can affect your states of consciousness. I know last week I talked about that I realized that there's a lot of people who maybe use substances and they're doing it because they want to bond with someone Mm. like they might not usually smoke but there's a cigarette being offered and it's at a party and they want to be with that person i said you know you could bring in a bottle of essential oil with you to a party and offer somebody would you like a hit of jasmine (laughs) you know yes (laughs) it's a great way to make friends and uh another thing is since we talked about addiction today I said, you might feel like, oh, you need more sugar or you need more coffee, but you could smell some essential oil of cinnamon, for example, Mm. and it would help to satisfy your brain. And, you know, because I've written 14 books and writers are such notorious substance abusers, Mm -hmm. um, I try to show that, well, there's other things you can do besides damaging your health. I don't want to write all these health books and then... Yeah, be a terrible example. Um, so I find that having a selection of essential oils can be a great tool for calming stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So you might be going down the I'm freaking out neural pathway, and then you open up a bottle of lavender oil and smell it or share it with someone. Yeah. And all of a sudden you feel that you're going down lavender lane and it's yeah. a lot more peaceful. <laughs> yeah. I actually started using rose geranium for my cologne, I guess, or oh. I just, I put a little rose on me and it, and it, I call it a pick me up. You know, you smell some rose and you're just like, wow, I feel better all of a sudden. It really does something to the body, to the brain, to your emotions. You know, it really affects your psyche. Absolutely. And most of the essential oils are antimicrobial. Mm-hmm. So last week we did a class on natural first aid and we talked a lot about that. If you had tea tree oil in your backpack or purse or, yeah. you know, you could do a lot with it. You could apply tea tree oil on a cut or a wound. You could mm. use it as a bug repellent. You could apply it to a bug bite. You could put it on an impending pimple. Mm. You could apply tea tree oil on a fungal infection. So, you know, this is stuff that there's been lots of books written on it, but the fact that you're mm. sitting in a class and you're smelling it and maybe you're putting a drop on a ward or something for, and you say like, yeah, I, I recognize this. I know this. I'm going to get a bottle of it. This can be mm-hmm. in my pharmacopoeia of herbal allies. Yeah. Herbal allies. Herbal allies. And you know, a lot mm. of students travel, so it's yep. hard to make tea if you're at a rock festival yeah. or on an airplane or something. But if yeah. you had a bottle of essential oil, you could find that you could do a lot with mm. that. Wow. How, I'm curious, how do you keep all this information in your head? It sounds like you, you are a book. You know, how, how does one keep such 
things? Well, a couple techniques. I, I, when I read something, I highlight in yellow, that which is important to me. Okay. And that's a technique I started doing years ago. Um, plus, there's a lot of repetition. So whatever I'm writing about, I tend to read everything about it and tend to immerse myself in it. Yeah. So I feel like that's my own study and exploration. Mm-hmm. I still study all the time. I mean, this work is something I will do the rest of my life. Yeah. But I also know that even when I was 15 years old, I was pretty good at it. So it's not like you have to wait till you're a senior citizen to be proficient at it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is you know, repetition and taking other classes and a great love for it. And if I didn't think it worked, I would have lost interest a long time. But I just yeah. get so excited that, wow, this really helps somebody. Or when a student says, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to come to class, but I tried a cup of ginger tea and so I ended up making it nice do you ever feel like the plants talk to you like the soul of the plant is saying like hey I need some water or hey I need some light I need some soil the the plants do talk to us so we can attune to them Mm -hmm. um and you know you often hear like oh they talk to plants Hmm." but um (laughs) they do talk to us by the way they look by the way they grow there's things we can be in observation about and there's something a whole class i will do with the students is called the doctrine of signatures Mm -hmm. that there is a signature on plants that often tells us what they look like is often what they're good for. So mm. like beets really do build the blood and it'd be really easy to say, well, that's just folklore. Yeah, it is just folklore. And a lot of folklore was really right on. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that people were saying a thousand years ago have yeah. been proven now in the laboratory. Now we know, yeah, beets are high in iron. They really do build the blood yeah. or seaweed is really nourishing for the hair or kidney beans really can stre- strengthen the kidneys. But mm-hmm. I also feel that learning the plants that grow around you. For example, very often what you need is right there. And rather than getting stuck on, well, I have to get this plant that comes from the you know far reaches of Tibet. Yeah, that's great if you can get that. But there's also a lot right here. And it's great to learn those because that's yeah. going to be more accessible. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? I love saying two quotes that are very important to me that Mm -hmm. I help my students remember. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. (laughs) The next best time is now. Yeah. And I'll I'll share a quote by uh, Emerson. He said, a weed is an herb whose virtue has not yet been discovered. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you, David Devine. Well, it's a pleasure, and I hope I get to see some of you at Naropa sometime or at uh, one of the festivals that we get to enjoy together. Thank you for shining your light with us. It was was such a treat. Mm, Many blessings. So we just heard from Brigitte Mars, a distinguished professor at Naropa within the BA Psych Department. So thank you for talking with us today. Peace and blessings. Thank you. On behalf of the Naropa community, thank you for listening to Mindful You, the official podcast of Naropa University. Check us out at www.naropa.edu or follow us on social media for more updates.